0: This podcast is brought to you by Cashflow Mastery, the only revenue management course in our industry that teaches you step-by-step how to become a master revenue manager in your hosting business. For more info, check out getpaidforyourpad.com slash cashflowmastery. That's getpaidforyourpad.com slash cashflowmastery. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your your pad. Welcome back to Get Paid for Your Pad. I am really looking forward to this episode because my special guest today is Madison Rifkin. She is the founder of Mount. And I actually don't know what Mount is, and that's why I'm excited. I'm excited to learn about it. Uh, we, we did not uh, prepare and prep anything for this podcast. So we're just meeting each other and we're going to talk about mounts. We're going to b- talk about short-term rentals. We'll talk about hosting. Uh, so Madison, uh, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. Yes, this is going to be a good one. Just like right off the cuff.
0: <laughs> right off the cuff. That's right. Yeah. 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 So tell us, uh, tell us about Mount. What, what is Mount?
1: Yeah, happy to. Um, Mount is in the guest experience space of short-term rentals. So we're hyper-focused on the way travelers book. Uh, which in our opinion has been changing over the last year, year and a half, where they're starting with what they want to do and then finding a place that helps facilitate that experience. Um, And so at Mount, we basically are the experience facilitators. So we'll connect with pretty much every local business out there that's providing some sort of experience, whether that be a brewery tour, a rafting trip, You know, it could be anything. We bring them all online, make them discoverable. And then we let the Airbnb host property manager curate their list of experiences through our platform and then offer that to their guests. So when your guest asks you, what should I do? Where should I go? I want, I came to see the Northern lights. Can you help me with that? Uh, you actually have right at your fingertips, all of the options you can send them.
0: Awesome. So if I, if I'm a host and I'm using your platform, then I would just send them a a link to your website or how would that work?
1: Yeah. So basically you would create a, we it a mini marketplace on our software. Um, and that mini marketplace has your curated list of recommendations for your specific market. So let's say you're in New York city and you want to offer your guests uh, a, an underground foodie tour of Chinatown and find the best dumplings there are, uh, or like a donut tour of West village, you know, whatever it may be, that's in there. And that page has a unique URL. And so that's what you share with your guests. So you can put that in your guest messaging. You can put it in a QR code and and put it in the physical property, however you want to get it to them. But then your guests basically would be like, oh my gosh, these are my host's local recommendations. They trust them a lot more because they're coming from you. And they start booking. And then when they book and pay, you guys actually get 10% of all of that revenue.
0: Awesome. So it's almost like, uh, you know, on Amazon, you can have like your own little Amazon shop.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's actually (laughs) a good comparison.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Interesting, very interesting. So um, a couple of things come to mind. Number one is there's uh, there's some other platforms that do a similar thing, right? Like Viator comes to mind. Of course, we have Airbnb experiences. Now, we can't create our own little shop uh, in, <laughs> inside of Airbnb uh, experiences or our curated list, I should guess, I should say, where we... I don't think we can get commissions on that. I think Viator has a similar similar functionality. How are you guys different from... Airbnb Experiences and then Viator?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, I think you summed it up perfectly on the Airbnb Experiences front is that you as a host and property manager really don't, you don't get anything from that. Um, And there's no way to make it look like your personalized recommendations. So I'd say that's a big shortcoming with that uh, Airbnb Experience platform. Viator is really interesting because yes, you can get a, I would call it like an affiliate link almost to that experience, but everything is still branded Viator. And what we've noticed from the traveler perspective is that they are avoiding TripAdvisor, Viator, booking.com because they look at those as tourist traps. And they're like, those are the big people who came to Rome to set up a tourism and empire. You know, they just want my money and it's not really local. And so they're still going to ask you what to do and where to go. And I actually, for the listeners on here, I would be curious to know if you're getting any bookings from your Viator if referral link. I would say no, probably not. Mm. Um so that's where we come into play is like we make it hyper personalized. It looks like you and your brand, your voice, your recommendations. And then the good thing too is if we don't have what you want to offer, or we're just simply not in a market where you are, you can actually give us your personalized wish list of all the local vendors you want to work with in your area, and we'll bring them online. So now you can start offering those as well. So it really does become very hyper personalized.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, I was recently in Valle de Guadalupe, which is the wine region in Mexico, just Ooh. across the border here in uh, San Diego, and uh, I remember thinking about like, what what are we going to do? Right, we were there for like four days. I looked at TripAdvisor, and you're right. Like, TripAdvisor, is just it's almost like uh, it's not really like what are the coolest things to do. It's more like what are the most uh, famous things to do, right? Like what does every single tourist go and and, and do here, right? Versus like what's something like really cool to do. So I guess you're right. Like I, I, you know, I look at TripAdvisor just to get an idea of like what's out there, but then I don't trust really like just because it's the number one thing to do in TripAdvisor, that doesn't mean I want to go and do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like it stopped-
0: might actually be the opposite.
1: <laughs> no, it, it <laughs> actually, might, might be.
0: I might want to avoid the top ten things on TripAdvisor.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I stopped trusting even like Google reviews and the stars just because I've ended up at places that are five star reviewed and then it's a total crap show. You know, it's like not even good. So yeah, uh, 100%. It's really hard you to can, know.
0: Yeah, and you can you can put Google reviews without actually doing the activity as well. You absolutely you can, can. Game that system is like so easy <laughs> to game, right?
1: Yeah. Totally. No, you like really hate a business, and you're just going to tank their reviews.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's I mean, there's companies out there that do that. I'm sure. Um, so yeah, it makes sense, you know, because like uh, we were in Mexico, and in the end of the day, like we just asked uh, people that work at the hotel, right? We just asked them, like, yeah, hey, you're what, concierge, what? Yeah, what? Like, what restaurants would you recommend? There's like a hundred wineries out there, and so I looked up. I looked up a lot of wineries, and and to your point. It's hard to get a really good understanding from the google reviews um because also it's like it's it's a system for the masses right so and what the masses enjoy and what the masses will vote for is not necessarily what we enjoy so yeah it's very hard to get a to get a good understanding of like what what are the what are the really cool things to do in this in this area right so i think that makes a lot of sense and i i also think that to your point like people are more looking For unique experiences we see that in the short-term rental space people are more looking for unique experiences as a place to stay um and so it makes sense that they're also looking for more unique um things to do in the area and people really seek that connection with the with the locals and really that off the beaten track like uh, off the beaten path uh that unique little thing that nobody else knows about right may also makes you kind of feel special you find like that Awesome thing to do that nobody else knows. And you can kind of like laugh at all of all the all the tourists that are using Tropifizer and they, you know, they go they to all the boring stuff. And then we found like the, the really cool things to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's a really good way to sum it up. And I think what we've been noticing too is just that for property managers, hosts, you know, oversupply is a real issue right now of <laughs> properties. And how do you set yourself apart? How do you differentiate? And we found that this is actually a great answer. Um, you know, Iceland is a great example of there's properties and short-term rentals everywhere there. Uh, and how do you, how do you differentiate the property I ended up staying at told me in the photos and the listing title, like come here to see the Northern Lights. And that's totally Mm -hmm. why I went. I was like, yeah, that is what I want to do. Um, and so I didn't book it based on like reviews or even who the host was. I booked it purely because he told me I could see the Northern Lights.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. My wife wants to see the Northern Lights too. So maybe later after the podcast, you can send me that link.
1: Oh my God, I will. It was like the best Airbnb I've ever stayed in, actually. Uh, they had like a wood-burning hot tub, so you had to light your own fire for a few hours to make it warm. They had a sauna. It was awesome.
0: <laughs> so um, I want to dig a little bit more into, into the, the platform. Can anybody go on your platform and create a created list and share that with people? Or is it really focused on, on uh, hosts?
1: I mean, yeah, technically anyone could because it's a free tool. Um, and we do call, it's funny you had mentioned earlier concierges because that's what we call you guys. We call you a concierge because you're curating your recommendations and getting those out there. Um, we found that the best use case for a concierge typically is a short-term rental host, boutique hotel host. You know, it doesn't matter as long as you're in the hospitality industry. We actually have influencers using Mount's tool, um, concierge tool, so their following can basically book what they're doing. Uh So I think, yeah, a few use cases, but as we've definitely rooted ourselves in hospitality and travel.
0: Mm-hmm. What's, what's your own uh, background? Like, how, how did you come up with this idea?
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. My founding story is uh, a twist and turns. I mean, I started the business when I was 12, so it's been yeah, 12, 13 years now. Um, yeah. So I started it when I was 12, got a patent for the original idea. So Mount was not in the short term rental space not even in software. It was a bike lock company. So I invented that when I was 12, got a patent for it. Uh, and then we just kept pivoting and changing over the course of the next few years, studied entrepreneurship at Northeastern. Um, and because it was a lock company, it ended up becoming a scooter lock, was in like the realm of Bird and Lime and Uber and Lyft with all those scooters that you would just find everywhere, <laughs> those obnoxious like, things just lying on the streets. Um, and then I always believed that if you had put scooters at Airbnb properties or hotels or whatever it was, it would have operated a lot better because they weren't just randomly in places. And so during the pandemic, I tested that theory. Uh, and that's kind of when we stumbled upon this real problem between the Airbnb host and the traveler in that the host needed more out of their guests simply because they couldn't get enough bookings. COVID you know, really derailed everything. And the traveler was showing up and wanting a lot from the host. You know, they wanted those local recommendations. They wanted uh, more than just a place to stay. And so that's when Mount really found our niche of like, we can play in between this relationship and just make it a lot easier for both parties involved. And each party can see the value of what we're doing. Uh, So once we made that switch about a year ago, uh, we've been cruising ever since. (laughs)
0: wow that's so interesting you guys started as a bike lock company and now you're doing something completely different that um that reminds me of a do you you know nokia i'm I'm sure you know nokia
1: i do yeah do
0: you know how they started no so apparently they started as a uh, tire manufacturer
1: whoa yeah that's different than what they do now
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no that's that's awesome um I remember reading this book. Have you read this book? It's a, it's a book about startups. I think the author is Eric Rice. Hmm. I don't know. I
1: I read a fair amount of startup books. So there's a chance I have,
0: (laughs) I think it's called the lean, the lean startup or something like that. Oh
1: yeah. The lean startup. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. So I remember reading that and, he he talks about how he talks about like the importance of like a, a MVP, like a min, minimum value product, and testing it out uh, to see if there's there's actually demand for it. If you're actually, are we actually solving a problem, a real problem that people have, or is it just are we just enarm, armored with our genius idea? Right. I feel like it, a lot of entrepreneurs get uh, get kind of very confident and enamored with their genius like hole in the market type idea right and they kind of oh, forget that we actually don't know if anybody is actually looking for it for your product right so um yeah very interesting very interesting and uh by the way like how do you invent something when you're 12 years old i mean when i was 12 years old <laughs> i was playing computer games
1: yeah i think i was a uh, very interesting 12 year old i think but uh, for sure my parents were like what is going on um but my I think it was middle school uh, or elementary school, whatever, however you classify that, um, basically had an invention program. So you could go before school, spend some time with these teachers. And basically it was a program where you were supposed to invent something. Like that was the whole premise. And then at the end of it, at the end of the school year, you got to pitch Shark Tank style to some judges that they pulled. And that's how, how I, uh, I, so I won the competition and I got a fully funded patent. So that's actually how I financed that because otherwise, that would have been really unreasonable as a 12 year old to go get a patent. Um, but I attribute a lot to this school because like without that program, I don't think I would have been an inventor just on my own. Uh, well, maybe, who knows. But
0: <laughs> have, you, have you ever heard of the youngest Ferrari owner in the world? No. So this is, a, this is really, really funny. Like if you Google or Google on YouTube, that doesn't really make sense to Google on YouTube. I guess to, <laughs> if you search on youtube for um 12 year old owns free ferraris it's a it's really really funny um there's this uh there's this is kit in england and well he's he's a little older now because this is like 10 years ago but there's basically like there's this there's this really young kid in in england and he invented like some sort of app right like 10 years ago when when the apps or the app space was growing very very fast he invented an app and and sold it to like Microsoft or something, uh, or Google. I can't remember. But he he basically made like ten million dollars or something like that. And he was like twelve years old and he lost Ferrari. so he bought free Ferraris, and <laughs> and so they they filmed him. He, he is at this like Ferrari meetup in uh, somewhere in England, and uh, this kid is just you know he has these free Ferraris and you know he knows everything about the car. He's not allowed to drive it. He's only allowed to drive it on track. But it's just a hilarious video. Like I, I highly recommend everybody if you want to have a laugh. Uh, Google uh, search on YouTube youngest Ferrari owner uh, and this kid. Like his his dad is being interviewed as well, and you, uh, you know he the kid gave his dad a Ferrari basically. He was like, "Hey pops, you know I got free Ferraris." And he talks about it like it's the normal thing in the world. He's like, "Yo, oh, I got one to go for the groceries. I got one, you know, kind of go on the tracks, and one, you know, for the Sunday afternoon." And it's just like. What's this kid talking about?
1: Yeah, what? (laughs) I guess, you know, lesson in how to spend your money, perhaps. And uh, yeah, good for him. Good market timing on the app situation, (laughs) you know? Never know when you're going to time a market right with inventions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So how many for hours do you own?
1: Oh, man, zero at the moment. But I might have to link with this kid and uh, (laughs) combine (laughs) resources.
0: (laughs) Yeah, team up. (laughs) Uh yeah, he might be your age actually, because he uh I think this is like ten years ago that he was like, that's about right, so. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking,
1: I was doing the math, I'm like, some, hmm.
0: Yeah, some similarities <laughs> there. So uh uh anyway, we'll talk about uh funny stuff all day. But um but yeah, let's uh let's let's get back on track here. Um tell me a little bit more about uh how the the market, like are you guys worldwide? Are you guys US only? Like how far are you into into the journey with your platform?
1: Oh yeah, it's a good question. Um, We are worldwide at the moment, like we can go anywhere. What we find though is because, and I would actually specifically say Airbnb did a lot of this market expansion where they are encouraging hosts to come on from different areas that don't support tourism at the moment. So we find a lot of markets Mount isn't in. That's great. We're definitely built for that because what we want you to do is sign on, create your free account, And tell us who we should be working with in your market. You probably know it better than us anyways. Um, So who are the local businesses you want to bring online? How can we help support that? It's going to make you look like a hero because now you're giving all the business to these local businesses that you're making them discoverable, bringing more tourism to your area. Like it's just a win-win for everyone involved. Uh, So I would encourage wherever you are in the world, absolutely sign up and get your market online. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I guess there's also an opportunity for us hosts, not just to, create create that curated list of experiences but we could also potentially be uh create an experience on the platform as well right
1: oh absolutely i would say that's not like a very common use case but we do have hosts that have like secret talents or you know know the market so well that they're like i know this hidden hike i want to take my guests on a lot of use cases like that um there are select use cases too where the host has a boat or something they want to add on to the property uh where they're willing to take on that liability and risk. So I mean that happens too it just is very dependent on who you are as a host and what you want to offer.
0: Mm-hmm. So from the from the supplier perspective um do you, does the platform work similar to Airbnb experiences where basically the you know how do you call the provider the person that provides the experience? creates the experience, lists it at a price? Is there, are there reviews? Is, is it kind of similar to how Airbnb experiences work?
1: Yeah, I'd say fairly similar. I think the difference for us is we can connect to any software that that vendor is using, which is semi-common in the industry of experiences. Like They will use, similar to if you guys use a property management system, that experience provider is going to use the equivalent for them. Um, so we connect to all of those. So there's a chance that they already have a booking software. Their price is set and Mount has just connected into that to make it possible for you guys to be able to sell it. And then there's other use cases where that operator, or that experience provider is truly pen and paper. Like they will take a booking over mm-hmm. the phone or a walk in <laughs> and cash. Um, and so in that use case, they have to come on to our software similar to Airbnb experiences. You get your calendar, you get your availability, set your price, make it all bookable. Um, so yeah, whatever use case it ends up being. It just is bookable online. We track all of that, collect the revenue for you guys and pass it on.
0: Got it. Okay. Um, And I noticed on your site, you guys also integrate with some of the PMSs in the short rental space, right? I saw Castile on there. So HostAway. How how does that integration work?
1: We do. Um, It's a very light integration simply because there's not a lot you need to push and pull via an API for our uh, software to work. Like it it just is simply that link that you copy and paste and put it wherever you want. I'd say if you use Guesty or HostAway or whatever PMS you're using, you should update your automated messaging to include that unique link. So when your guest checks in, like, hey, if you want some, my list of personalized local recommendations, here's the link. Remind them again, you know, guests are forgetful. Um, But in terms of needing like a deep integration where you have to go set something up in your PMS, like really that is not something Mount needs or has, like you don't have to do any of that um and yeah we work with like the guidebook companies as well because we find those to be useful embed your experiences there and so connect being a great example um and yeah touch day another good example
0: right got it yeah that was actually going to be my next question because we use the hostfully guidebooks right and inside of the hostly guidebooks we can we can add those viator activities they're already like curated inside of the guidebook uh and so we don't have to send our guests to. And yet another outside platform, uh, we can have, we have all those activities inside of our hostly guidebook. So can we, can we curate the, the, the list for Mount inside of our hostly guidebook as well?
1: Um, right now it would just be the link that you're putting in the guidebook and it would take them to that external page next year is where we want to get to where it's embedded in the guidebook. So they'll see the experience Mm. can book it within the guidebook and do all of that. Um, yeah, that is on our roadmap for sure, and is coming.
0: <laughs> Got it. What are some of the most popular activities on you know, on the platform?
1: It definitely is dependent on the market, but I'd say if you're in a more uh, urban market, so larger city uh, places that are considered foodie towns, like that stuff actually is truly popular. Like in Chicago, we have a donut tour that someone curated, mm-hmm. so they'll take you to the four hidden donut spots of Chicago and teach you all about how it's made and all of that stuff. So that's incredibly popular. Uh, in Denver, there's a lot of brewery tours that are popular. Nashville is a whole game of itself where you have all these bachelorettes and bachelors coming. So like different types of experiences there. Maybe they want a whole uh, rentable beer wagon where they ride to different breweries, like all that stuff. Um, and the more, more rural areas, it definitely is like farm tours, wineries, breweries, again. Um, Really, whatever is hyper-local and unique to your market is where an experience can be found. Mm. And that's why people are coming. They're not just coming to stay at your house. Uh, So we like to see very creative things come across as recommendations because it makes our platform even more interesting.
0: Do people also um, curate experiences like, for example, just like a a dinner party or something at somebody's house or like a little wine tasting or something like that?
1: Yeah, wine tastings, absolutely. For the dinners, it's more of uh, like a tasting menu or a special sit down with a private chef who's cooking right at the counter. Like as long as you can pass it off as an experience, I think where the the restaurants get a little muddled is reservations. Like that is not an experience; that is just something that happens. (laughs) So that won't be found on our platform. But um, like an omakase spot in New York, where you sit at a twelve person counter and the sushi sushi chef is making it right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an experience. So that can be found great. on the platform.
0: Because you, you also have experience platforms that specialize in food, right? Like Eat With is one yes. that comes to mind.
1: Talk is another. Um, yeah, we honestly have been trying to partner with a few of those companies as well because they have great inventory. And we look at Mount as a marketing channel more than anything to get into mm-hmm. kind of this really unaggregated market of tourists, travelers, hosts. And Mount has been the aggregator.
0: So for the hosts who are listening now, um, if they want to start using Mount, like what, what's the process, what's the sign up process, how much time does it take? Can you, can you give a bit more detail on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a great question. So it's, it, we made it as easy as possible. So you go onto our website, which is rentmount.com and sign up as a concierge. So to sign up, you just put in your phone number, then you have your account. That's how we authenticate. Uh, and then from there, you just click create a mini marketplace and you put in your city and state or country. Um, and then we will tell you if we have density already, it'll show you it's like 15 experiences, 35 experiences. If we already have it set up, just click create and your marketplace is ready and you can start selling to your guests tomorrow. If it comes back Amazing. with we don't have density, just click the refer button and that's where you can add in your wish list of vendors you want Mount to go out, contact, contract with, and bring them on the platform.
0: Mm-hmm. I also noticed there's a there's an eco-friendly aspect uh, to to the brand. Can you touch on that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the ultimate mission and vision of Mount is to get travelers going with just a backpack and then find and rent everything they need in destination from the locals, including experiences. Uh, we tried to start there about a year and a half ago and then realized the world was just not ready for that vision. <laughs> it's going to take yeah. us a bit to get there, uh, but that's where the sustainability aspect of Mount comes in. like we truly believe tourism should be sustainable. Like right now, tourists produce twice as much waste as a local when they're traveling. And that's just unacceptable. It's like you're not even living there and you're just leaving the the place worse than you found it. Um, Like maybe try recycling a little and being a little more conscious. But the notion of buying and purchasing these single use travel items, stuff you forget, maybe stuff you only need for that trip, is so common that that is what is contributing to that uh, unsustainable aspect of tourism. So at mount we you know like to say rent it don't buy it uh source it locally if you can and uh yeah put make the planet i guess a better place uh than you found it
0: yeah the one thing that i always appreciate if if i stay somewhere is that they have those refillable bottles for like shampoo and conditioner and like things like that because otherwise like you know when you stay at a place and they give you like these tiny little bottles i always oh. feel like it's such a waste and then you run out you know, within one or two days, you, you run out of these little bottles and then you have to go to the, absolutely. right, to the Walmart or whatever, Walgreens or whatever it is. And, and you have to get more of like, you need shampoo, Too especially because like if you travel without uh, checking in bags, like oh, you totally. can't bring very much, right?
1: No. so That absolutely happened to me in London last year. <laughs> I was at a short-term rental and they gave me little shampoo and conditioner bottles. And I was there for like a week and I ran out. And I totally had to go buy the big bottles. And then I ended up throwing away because I couldn't take them home. I had to carry on. Exactly, um, right? Such yeah. a waste. Such a waste. I'm like, you could have just put in big bottles and we would have been fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the first thing uh, when I uh, b- when I <clears throat> bought my latest short-term rental in Colombia and Cali. That's the first thing I told uh, I told my um the guy who was like, you know, doing the interior design and everything, I told him like the most important thing is I, I want dispensers. You know, I, I, I don't, I don't, want to deal with any of these these bottles. We have like iron dispensers that they just fill up, and yeah, it's just a, uh, it's much, uh, it's much more environmentally friendly. Um, I heard that some some people I spoke to at the time, they were some hosts were saying like, well, but you know, like some guests might have a hygiene concerns around that um which i thought was a bit strange like that never came to my mind
1: no is that, not is that a concern either. you know it's funny though i did have that concern when it came to the little bottles because i had uh mm. checked in at a place and the little bottle was like half used and i'm like did they just not realize did they forget to refill it like and then i got me mm. thinking like you know are these little bottles just reused or are they thrown away and then I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole anymore, so I, <laughs> I did something else. But
0: yeah, it's not—it's not really what you want to think about when you're on a holiday, huh?
1: No, no, not at all. You don't want to be worried about any of that stuff. <laughs> uh,
0: um, is, there, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you think is important to to mention for people who are interested in um, in in using uh, Mount?
1: I don't think so. I mean, we definitely touched on the experiential side of travel, and just that is the way Gen Z and below is starting to travel is like they have their bucket list items. They want to cross them off and keep going. So if you're trying to Mm -hmm. cater to that new age of travel, it is very experiential. So I would definitely encourage to start thinking about that and how to incorporate it into your business.
0: What's uh, what's the age range for generation Z by the way, I've, I've, I've kind of lost, lost track there.
1: I think it's 1997 is the starting year. Uh, the only reason I know that is because that's the year I was born, but um, I don't know what the cutoff year is actually. Because
0: right. uh, <laughs> there was generation two thousands. Yeah, because I'm, I'm I'm getting old, so I, I remember generation X, and then there was Y, and then Z, and I just get lost with all this stuff.
1: Yes, and then there's some people that are really into each generation and what it means for you. So, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what I do know is, you know, I look at I look at my uh, my younger family members who are who have were born in this uh in this century and there's a very there's very different the way that they experience things and the way that they find information right they look for like I if I travel somewhere I look on Google Maps. That's probably yeah. the first thing I look at, you know? Uh things like TripAdvisor, um like you mentioned and you know if I want to find a restaurant I, I might go on Yelp. Um, but they go on TikTok they go and they look at tiktok and instagram yes. and then they look at the reels and that's how they find their information right and it's i would noticed that um it's it's all about it's all about the experience for for the younger generation right cuz they want to share it on on their social media platforms and so it's like at some point i was thinking you know when it comes to short term rental it's like if it's you have to be instagrammable right there has to be something about the experience that you're providing where your guest is going to arrive and they're going to be like, Oh man, this is cool. i want to share this on, the, on my Instagram. Right. Especially the, when we're talking about the younger generations here, but you know, I think, you know, that's the future, right. The younger generation in the future. Do you use TikTok? Oh, absolutely. You're part of that generation.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's funny. You are saying all that. I'm like, Oh, that is where I find all my information.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what my wife does too. So that's how I know.
1: It's, it's such a good way to, you know, vet because everyone's reviewing it in real time. So you get to see like what's good, what's not. And mm-hmm. instead of someone yeah. leaving an angry written review and you're like, well, I don't know what state of mind they were in when they were making that review. Right. Uh, you know, it, video format, I think shows a lot more than text.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. No, it's true. It's true. Actually on our last trip, that's also how we found a number of places. This was just okay. my my wife found a few places on tiktok and showed me the video and i was like okay yes that does look cool as <laughs> much as i hate tiktok <laughs> i gotta admit it is so, it is, there's there's a use for it <laughs>
1: there awesome
0: is. awesome well uh yeah it was it was great to uh great to hear your story and congratulations on your your success uh it's very uh impressive uh you. at your age to be uh to be doing all this stuff um and uh just to, as a reminder for everybody who's listening if you want to check out uh mounts go to rentmount.com. it is free to use right
1: correct yeah
0: it is free to use right yep um so go ahead curate some experiences i'll definitely uh i'll definitely look more into it i know you already talked to uh to eric so i'm sure he has uh he has some ideas on, uh, on what he wants to do with it um and our market is actually probably a really good market for your platform because there's there's not a lot on there's not a lot of like major tourist attractions you know what i mean it's not like the you know the one church that you have to, that everybody wants to see or like you know what i mean there's not really like those those super popular highlights more about like you know there's different hiking trails and there's like really inter- some interesting uh places to to visit but it's not really there's not like a couple of things that really stand out if you will so i think our market's probably a really good market for, uh, for using your platform.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, it definitely sounds like it. You'll have to check it out. Let me know what you think.
0: We'll do for sure. We'll do for sure. Well, thank you so much, Manson. Been a pleasure to have you uh, on the podcast here. Any final, final thoughts, final words before we wrap it up?
1: No, sounds good. I mean, thanks for having me on and letting me share my story
0: absolutely absolutely well appreciate you uh, coming on and to the listeners thanks for listening go check out rentmount.com and with that said we'll we'll see you on the next episode get paid for your pet get paid for your pet
1: get paid for your pet
0: I have a question for you. Do you have a solid revenue management strategy in place to maximize the revenue for your listings? Is revenue management part of your daily routine? If not, then you're leaving money on the table. The days that we can ignore revenue management in our hosting business and still do well are over my friends and they won't come back. So if you either don't use dynamic pricing and manually enter prices on the OTAs, or you have a pricing tool set up but you're not sure how to use it correctly, then the cash flow mastery is for you. In this brand new course, I teach you step-by-step how to set up your pricing tool, create a winning revenue management strategy, and give you a daily, weekly, and monthly workflow to evaluate your portfolio performance and make strategic price adjustments. I walk you through how we set up our revenue management for FreeWild, from setting up your base price, to minimum night stays, length of stay discounts, adjacent day pricing, orphan night pricing, and much more. On top of that, you will get access to countless of calculators and tracking sheets that will give you the insights you need to make the right pricing decisions. The course comes with a Facebook group where you can ask questions every day and monthly live Zoom calls to help you stay on track. Do you want to manage your revenue and master your cash flow? Then sign up now at getpaidforyourpad.com slash cashflowmastery. That is getpaidforyourpad.com slash cashflowmastery.